got a whole lot of loving just for you. I got all this loving, but I just want you. Hello, and welcome to Heller Radio. I'm Nora Rose. And as always, I'm Sally. And as always, <laughs> we need to talk about Destiel. Yes. <sighs> Let's get These into this. These are a this. couple of good episodes. I mean, yeah. That's why we're talking <laughs> about them. I mean, this is you, true. This is true. Yeah. We don't talk about any episodes, as you have probably. <laughs> so we have the monster yeah. at the end of this book. And we have the rapture. Um, yes. Monster at the end of this book is our introduction to Chuck Shirley. Oh, yeah. The boys are on a normal run-of-the-mill hunt. And they go into a comic book store to start asking questions. Mm-hmm. And they're asking, you know flickering lights cold spots smell of sulfur etc etc and the guy's like you guys are larping (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about and he's like he's like yeah it's it's those brothers who who hunt like ghosts and monsters and shit and they're like they're like "Uh, steve and dirk sal and dave and then sam's like Sam and Dean. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Turns out yeah. that someone has been writing books about their lives, and it is spot on shit. And the way Dean puts it is, "I'm full frontal in here, dude." <laughs> <laughs> that was a good impression. I had gotta give it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, the fact that he also <laughs> mentions racist drug, I mean, out of all yeah. episodes, like, why? But that's, that's beyond the point. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and then they go to this lady who is the one who uh, published the books, right? Yeah. And, and they... they have to prove that they are not there to <laughs> tear the books down and write bad reviews. And yeah. So they say they're actually fans and they're uh, then are promptly asked a couple of questions. Only fans would know about their lives, obviously, their birthdays and so on. And it all ends uh, in showing uh, the lady that they actually are such big fans that they even have like tattoos <laughs> showing, showing, showing her their anti-possession tattoos. And yeah, lo and behold, and the lady has also well. has one. Yeah. It's so funny. This is is a good episode, guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so great. So she gives them the actual name of the author. And they track him down. And he's just sort of like, you guys are just really big fans. And you're freaking me out a little bit. This is kind of a misery sort of deal. And, uh, (laughs) And then they say... I'm Dean Winchester. This is Sam Winchester. You know, you've been writing books about our lives and Chuck just stops. And he's like, I never put the last names in the book. I never told anyone the last names, which can I just say as an author doesn't make any sense. 
I mean, there are a lot of things that don't make sense in this episode. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Valid. Valid. Yeah. Um, and they're about to go, I guess you could put it as going biblical on Chuck when Cass shows up and he's like, um, guys, he's a prophet. These books yeah. are going to be known as the Winchester Gospels. It's so funny. Dean being full frontal and being known as Winchester Gospel. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Um, and meanwhile, Chuck has visions, um, which is his process, about uh, Sam and Lilith having sex which <laughs> you know is weird especially because so, they think that that Lilith is still inside this young girl young girl <laughs> oh my uh, god but apparently not, not anymore no she's in a comely dental hygienist right uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so Dean decides to take the pages that uh, Chuck has written and basically they're going to try to do everything opposite, which it's very Dean obviously approach. doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but it is funny. Yeah. It's very interesting. Oh, it's so funny. Um, and so then, then... Go ahead. Yeah, so then... Uh... Uh, since everything still keeps happening the way Chuck wrote it, even though Dean tries to do the opposite and they both do, uh, yeah, Dean is out of options. So he prays to Cass for some heavenly help. I don't know. And yeah, uh, then Cass says that he can't help him, but actually it does help him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, just points him in the right direction uh which and the way entails, he does yeah. that is by telling dean that prophets are protected by archangels and if anything dangerous were to be around a prophet the archangel would show up and wrath of god shit yep so so Dean, Dean basically tells Chuck, you don't have an option. You're coming with me or I will shoot you. And we're going to go to where Sam and Lilith are and bring mm -hmm. down the wrath of God. And it works. It does. So, yeah, Lilith has to leave the body of the... But who was that? Dentist? ophthalmologist, whoever, <laughs> of the lady she is possessing. Uh, and, um, yeah, Chuck goes back to having visions, I guess, and then Sakaraya uh, shows up at the end uh, because Chuck sees something horrible happening to Dean and uh, uh, Sam that we don't know what it is, but it's horrible. We learned so much that much. But Zachariah stops him before he can warn Dean and Sam. Mm -hmm. 
So then we have the rapture, which is, oh, man. Which is one of my favorite episodes, full disclosure. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Um, it starts with Cass dreamwalking. And Dean is just chilling out and fishing. And Cass tells him, I have something I need to tell you. I can't tell you here because someone could be listening. Go to this address immediately. Sam and Dean go to the address, and it looks like a bomb went off. Some angel on angel violence, as Sam puts it. <laughs> yeah. And then they find Cass, or so they think. But Cass wakes up, and it's not Cass, because and you can kind of tell right away, because it doesn't sound at all like Cass. It is Cass's vessel, Jimmy Novak. Yep. And he is done. He, some, by some miracle, he is out. <laughs> <laughs> and he just wants to go home. Sam points out to Dean, Dean is willing to let Jimmy do this, just go home. But Sam points out to Dean that he could have information somehow, even though he doesn't know, off, like, consciously anything, he could have information. And even if he doesn't, the demons are going to be coming after him for information or just to figure out how an angel's vessel works. Yep. Jimmy doesn't like this idea about staying with Sam and Dean and escapes as Sam steps out to drink <laughs> some demon blood. Um, or Coke. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, whichever. Same thing. <laughs> Um, and so they go searching for Jimmy, and he's gone home, and his wife, uh, we start, we start to have some flashbacks, too, before Cass possessed Jimmy, yep. and Jimmy had to go through these, like, trials of faith and everything sticking his arm in a boiling pot of water you know normal stuff and and his wife in these flashbacks is yeah she basically sort of like you're he, she, she's he's gone mad even though yeah. they're like a religious family but he she's still thinks that yeah I mean, yeah, same. she wants him to start <laughs> taking pills. And, if, you know, the other episode, you a couple weeks back, you said something about uh, Pamela and Kevin being the most uh, relatable characters in Supernatural. I think Amelia is the most relatable character. <laughs> Amelia is also very relatable. Though, um, 
This Amelia is relatable. The later Amelia, where, who sh- leaves yeah. Claire and yeah goes off to look for Jimmy, not so much, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, so there comes a point where Amelia is like, you have got to get help or you cannot be a part of this family anymore. We cannot, we cannot keep doing this and so jimmy goes outside and he's wearing the trench coat and the suit and the blue tie and he starts praying to Cass and says basically if you don't help me right now if you don't give me some sort of sign Mm -hmm. i'm gonna lose my family and Cass. Tells him, basically, I want you to be my vessel. Is that okay? And Jimmy's like, it's okay as long as, you know, my family stays safe. As long as you can promise to me that my family will not be hurt. Cass makes that promise. And Jimmy lets him in. Yep. Meanwhile, real time. Jimmy's come back home and Amelia's sort of like, you upped and fucked off for a year. <laughs> yeah. What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, and Jimmy actually lies and says that he was at his psychiatric ward and doesn't really say anything about angels and so on. Uh, yeah, which is probably smart at that point on his side, but also very sad <laughs> in a way. Yeah. It yeah. And he asks if he can come back home and she says I'm not sure I'm ready for that and he's like okay. Can we start smaller? Can we just start with dinner? And so they start having a family dinner and a neighbor comes over. And he's like, you know, did I just see Jimmy walk in and Jimmy goes over and starts to talk to him. Um, and then the neighbor's eyes flash black. Surprise, surprise. He's a demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy starts beating at him with, like, a candlestick or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, and Amelia's like, "What? What are you doing? The, he, he's your friend. What? What is going on?" And <laughs> and then Sam and Dean show up, and then it's just it's a fuck fest. <laughs> More yeah. demons show up. They Sam and Dean get the the family out to the Impala, and. They basically are like, okay, do you believe us now? You can't, you can't be with your family. And Jimmy's like, okay, okay, but how long? How long is this going to be? And Sam's like, don't you get it? It's going to be forever. You can never go back to your family. And so Jimmy says goodbye to Amelia and Claire. And Jimmy... Sam and Dean drive off, and then 
they get a phone call. Because, and it's Amelia. Yeah. Who has been Except possessed. it's not Amelia. Yeah. Yep. So they go back. Yeah, they meet up again. And they are at some abandoned, like, barn or warehouse or something. And Jimmy goes in alone after yelling at Castiel, saying, you promised my family would be safe. I... You're an angel. I thought that you would keep that promise. Um, and then he goes in, and the demon in Amelia uh, says something about you should have come alone. And then demon goons bring in Sam and Dean. And then Amelia, demon, shoots Shoot. Jimmy. Yeah. That must be traumatizing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, you know, Sam and Dean are fighting the demons. Da, 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 da. Oh, and meanwhile, throughout all of this, Sam has run out of demon blood and cannot, as we would like to say, get it up anymore. Literal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, quote, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> And, uh, the, yeah. And Claire is also there, tied in the background. And yes. Yeah. Yes. So and then Jeff, Claire yeah. gets possessed by Castiel and ends yeah. up, yeah, <laughs> ends up, uh, what does she do? Yeah. Uh, smiting the demon. She smites demons. Yeah. Sam kills a demon and drinks her blood. In God, front of Dean. Yeah. I've tried to forget that image so so much. But yeah. Yeah. So hard. Um, and then Claire Cass goes to Jimmy and is like, of course we keep our promises. And thank you for your service. Basically, off yeah, you, you go. And Jimmy's like, happens. fuck that. You are not possessing my daughter. Take me instead. Yeah. And Castiel agrees. Yeah. So at that point, uh, and then, I mean, then Dean and Sam have this entire conversation, or actually do not have the conversation about Sam drinking <laughs> demon blood while they drive. Do not. <laughs> yeah, while they drive back. Uh, but the thing I was saying is that, uh, so. This is where we think, not think, I mean, this is where um, Jimmy dies, right? After that, the vessel is just, like, cast. I don't think so. Is he still there? Is he, like, healed once? I think he's still there. I think, I think, I think he's, uh, (laughs) I think there is a point where Cass says something about, Jimmy's gone now. Oh, I think that's when the Leviathan happened, actually. I think it's somewhere, sometime around that. So, like in yeah, in like later seasons, like two seasons later. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not here. Yeah, so he is still in there. 
because uh, the text, I mean, the way, uh, the way he words it, that he would never get old and his body would never change and blah, blah. Like, why would that matter if Jimmy wasn't still inside him? Or rather, he wasn't still inside Jimmy. It's, guys, it's exactly. complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So, that's those two episodes. Those were very right. long <laughs> summaries. Um, so let's jump into the, uh, the themes. I've got a couple of here, a couple of themes here. Um, obviously we have faith again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, we like there's even when, when Dean is praying in, uh, monster at the end of the book. Mm -hmm. Cash shows up and says, "Prayer is a sign of faith." This is good. And it's, theme, yes. And it's, let's just <laughs> yes, point out that this is the first time we see Dean pray. Yeah, and also it's very desperate because he says he's literally out of options, and he believes yeah. that unless he does that, that Sam's gonna either go dark or like get himself killed. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's praying directly to Cass. He is he is not praying to God or to angels in general. He is praying directly yeah. to Cass. Mm -hmm. I mean he says he has to see something <laughs> before he believes in it. So he has seen Cass, yeah. but he hasn't seen God. Or has he? <laughs> yeah. You all know the answer to that. We don't have to say that. <laughs> um uh on that topic, um we have a theme of God throughout these episodes. I have Can so I many just... questions. Yeah, go ahead and then yeah. When Chuck first f figures out, I guess, uh, that he, the books he's been writing are real, that have actually been happening, his yeah. first response is, obviously, I'm a god. And Dean just literally says, yeah, oh, don't be stupid. You're not a god. <laughs> Little does he okay. know. <laughs> yeah. And like, okay, I understand that back then when they were writing this episode, Chuck was not God. But <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah, I have actually. I that was like one of my questions. Like, obviously, from what I've seen, it doesn't uh, work out that they would have known at that point that Chuck would have been God. But yeah, that's kind of something that like irritates me watching this honestly because when you go i have recently seen the first 10 episodes of last season so i know what chuck does <laughs> i mean he's done so far and so on so i'm very mad at him <laughs> point one yeah. and point two point two um i would have loved if they had known this 
for for example when he opens the door and there's like genuine surprise on his face i mean if you know like dean and uh, sam being his favorite dean and sam obviously he would recognize them and not be surprised at seeing them and stuff like that or maybe i don't know like i was i was also like thinking about that point when he comes back uh during the metatron era whatever seasons mm-hmm. those are and he's yeah. like he tried to like live life and like date it and so on you know like he's done yeah. all this stuff and learned how to play guitar or something maybe he kind of you know like didn't suppress but like created like an alternate self you know like because yeah, and also th- that mood makes sense, right? And him saying that maybe I'm a god is like some something like he knows subconsciously probably, and just it's just coming out at that point. Yeah. Uh, so yes. yeah, because because this Chuck is like very genuine. Also, him helping, uh, uh, wanting to help uh, Sam and Dean and tell tell them what's gonna happen. Like obviously. Like, God wouldn't well, and that. the I'm gonna go kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 And then the re- yeah the comment that if if he had killed himself, that Zacharias tells him he they would resurrect him again and again. And then the the thing that Zachariah, I mean, I love this episode because it just once and for all like clearly shows shows you that two things that Chuck is an asshole. I mean the original Chuck is an asshole and also that the angels actually have like no idea so either yeah. they have no idea and have truly never seen God and can't feel his presence or he yeah. or Chuck is like such a such a dick that he just literally man- manipulates with everyone I mean even the angels yes. you're just like you know it's very self-serving in yes. all the ways yeah 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 no I definitely have a question down here about like does does Chuck know that he's God at this point in these first couple of seasons or has he like had his memory wiped or suppressed or something like, you know, it's, it's a very interesting question and I would love to. Maybe, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Maybe like this, but also the way he presents himself as like prophet like, why prophet? There could have been so many, I don't know, other divine creatures. It just, because, I mean, I guess it makes the most sense since he can tell the future, sort of. But also, what, what was my point? There was a point I was trying to make it from here, <laughs> and then I derailed, and now I do not remember. Uh, yeah, the, the, the question I had, like, could this have been been like a vessel? Does God need a vessel? And how does this work? Like, can God protect yes. someone? Was this this guy really like like a writer? Did God give him like? Was did... Chuck a human at some point? Yeah, yeah. That's was that's there a I human Chuck Shirley? Yeah, yeah. that's why I want to know. <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah. Uh, next theme I have written down is fate. And I have another theme that ties into this. Um, Following orders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because with, uh, with Monster at the end of this book, we have a very uh, Greek theme here of 
if you try to do the opposite of what fate has said you're going to do, you're just leading yourself right into what your fate is. Yeah, it's which is Oedipus. like, this is very Dean, yeah, and... Um, and following orders, like, Cass, when, when he shows up for, after, after the prayer, he, you know, talks about how he has to, you know, follow orders and not, you know, interfere and, you know, what is written is what is written. Yeah. But he can kind of fudge on that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he did, does end up telling Dean how to basically change that fate. And yeah. uh, once, and then uh, the, I don't know if it's directly after or before this, but when, um, where was it? Yeah, right. When when uh when I think it's Dean, right, who shows up at Chuck's then and Chuck is like, What are you doing here? I didn't write this right yes. after right after Yes. Um, yeah, right after uh Cass has told Dean how what to do, basically. I indirectly, but still. And this is this is like this is big because this is, I feel like, the first instance if we say that Chuck is God. I mean, on some level he is already, right? But yeah. he can never anticipate or foresee what Cass is going to do. And then, yes. I mean, Cass is the only one who can fuck with this guy. I love it. I'm living for it. It's great. Yes. 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's very good. Yes. And also we have fate and following orders in the rapture. Jimmy yeah. has this fate to be Cass's vessel. And then it seems like Claire has this fate to be Cass's vessel once Jimmy yeah. has died. But Jimmy... I don't know, learn some lessons from Cass or something. Yeah. It's it's interesting if it would have been interesting if they had shown us Cass possess Claire at some point in the future, I guess. With Catherine Newton? Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. have loved to see that. Yeah, yeah, that would, would have been interesting. But I think I, I mean, would have loved to see Catherine Newton play Cass. The entire thing being like that it's determined by bloodline yeah kind of makes yeah yeah uh him possessing clara yeah i guess it still qualifies as fate mm. yeah uh, and he's following orders from Cass uh when he you know is going through all of the faith trials and all of that and there's faith again he has to believe in the angels and all of that. Yeah. Uh, but also he, I mean, in Jimmy's case, he doesn't concentrate that much on Cass. I mean, later he does, but like he is like, this is God's will. So it's, he's very much about God um, in general. And like, you know, like he is a good Christian. <laughs> 
yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. Another, yeah, and then he sticks his hand in the boiling uh, pasta water or whatever, which I just have to make this comment here. Uh, I think a lot of some people in the fandom have made said it before me that it's so funny. Is it the same hand, uh, handprint of which is on this shoulder? <laughs> and the joke is that it was still hot. Yes, <laughs> from the pasta joke. water it's just so funny <laughs> oh man yeah um yeah so uh, do you think uh, can you think of any other themes that we should discuss uh i think like part uh to like comment on it as a parallel to season 15 the uh what a prophet prophet has written cannot be unwritten is very interesting coming from Cass's mouth if you compare him yeah. to his season 15 version um, and then there is this instance where where Dean is telling Chuck when when he gets to grab uh, get him uh, and bring him to the list that this isn't a story anymore man it's real and you are in it uh, which is very interesting because once Dean figures out that he's, you know, a, a puppet in God's story that he kind of shuts off <laughs> and yeah. doesn't really want to do anything proactive much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He is, yeah, big time depressed, I guess. So, yeah, um, that that's something that stood out to me. Oh, and I have a very heartbreaking parallel here, <laughs> Mark. Okay. Between um, uh, when in in the rapture, uh, when uh, Jim is dying, and he says um, he begs uh, Cass, who is in Claire's body, uh, take me instead of her, so possess me. And then in season fourteen, I guess when uh, Jack. Uh, when they are bringing Jack back and he has to yes do you see where I'm going and he, yeah they are burning uh, burning his parts of his soul or whatever and then the empty comes and he uh, the empty wants to take Jack because Jack is yeah half human and half angel and belongs to the empty and then Cass is like take me he said take me and it's very bad and very painful but as I like to say the angel is dead shaped. I mean, he is. That yeah. I mean, for people who are just listening to this, I'm getting flipped off by Nora Rose here, like double flipped off. That's awful. But it is. Man. Yeah. I just don't remember the exact moment. I remember Cat in later seasons saying that what happened to Novaks is like one of his greatest regrets, but yeah. I do not remember what made him remember and care about Claire in the first place. So around season ten or eleven was this? I don't know when he goes to like break her out of whatever facility she's in. I don't remember. So there, yeah, there was something that happened, happened, and he just, you know, he just suddenly he cared a lot about Claire. But there was, there really was something happening. I don't remember what it was, what the inciting incident was, but there was. Yeah. 
Um, I suppose we'll talk about it when we get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Completely um, uh, changing. Uh, seriousness here. Okay. Um, when we go visit the publisher. Right. She's talking about how great these books are and how unique they are. And la da 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 da. <laughs> how in touch with their feelings the heroes are. Yeah. I like real men. <laughs> she mentions for the first time that we ever hear Dr. Sexy MD. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, like, aimed microaggression at me. My boy it doesn't really deserve it. <laughs> but it is funny. There are so many, so many funny lines in this. I have a couple of um, written down. But go ahead. Is there anything else you want to add to that? No, it's just, I, and I'm sure that, like, at the time it was just, like, you know, a throwaway thing, right? And then mm -hmm. they decided in season five to bring it up for real. I feel, you know, like, uh, coming into this fandom, I was, like, because every time you come across, like, a supernatural post on Tumblr or somebody commenting on it on Twitter or whatever, it's always, like, I mean, the person writing it words it like the writers were trying to communicate with her <laughs> or him and it's like it's insane for somebody who just consumes like media like a normal person on daily basis that is insane you know that's a story watch it you're over it but <laughs> but there's a big but i feel like this is the first instance in this show where i think that the writers are actively talking to us as an audience you know <laughs> with the with the lines like uh and for i mean when when chuck is uh speaking about mary uh, dying and then jessica dying in the same way and he's like all for what for the sake of literal <laughs> symmetry like the award <laughs> is it's insane you know oh my god they are making jokes at their own expenses and they kind what? of telling you that like they are hearing what what she, what you as an audience are complaining yeah. about which did is you have insane. to live through the bugs the yeah, ghost yeah. ship <laughs> yeah. yeah and then the another one uh, being um wait horror is one thing uh, yes. but to be forced to leave bed writing I, I just have like, you know, like a key smash after this quote because like I, my brain can't compute. It's, uh, yeah. It's it the greatest instance of meta I yeah. have ever seen. It's great. It's beautiful. And it kind of, um, you know, once you open that door, it's, you know, like once, once it's self-aware, it will stay yeah. self-aware. And Speaking of meta, yeah, have you ever read any Vonnegut? No. What? Okay, they did mention him here, right? Yes. I don't remember. Yes. Yeah. Okay, tell me. Chuck <laughs> says when he's about to explain that he the book he's writing right now introduces himself as a character, he says the new book I'm writing is a little Vonnegut, and Dean says. <clears throat> 
Slaughterhouse Five Vonnegut or Cat's Cradle Vonnegut, which are like the two most well known. And Chuck says it's Kilgore Trout Vonnegut. Now Kilgore Trout um, is a recurring character in Vonnegut's books, who uh, is an author. A lot of people believe that it's supposed to be Vonnegut. However, my favorite Vonnegut book is Breakfast of Champions. And if we look at Supernatural as a whole, yeah. It's more Breakfast of Champions than Kilgore Trout. Kilgore Trout is in Breakfast of Champions. But Vonnegut himself, first person, mm-hmm. is in Breakfast of Champions. And he interacts with Kilgore Trout and a couple of other characters. Yeah, I mean, as someone who has read, read none of those books you just uh, mentioned, I think uh, it's interesting how uh, Chuck sees him as this thing, but actually is another thing. And yeah, so it's kind of, you know, if he thinks yeah. it's that story, but it's not actually that story, it's the other story where this story also well, and partially you also, is related to it. Yeah. Yeah, you also have to wonder if he's just saying it's Kilgore Trout because that's what makes more sense to Sam and Dean. But does he actually does he does he know that he's actually more Breakfast of Champions than Kilgore Trout? Who knows? I don't think so. I honestly, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how self-aware God is in general. Like, does he really yeah. think? Does he really Valid. think that he is like doing all this for, you know? for creation and to maintain balance and he's just this good guy in the clouds or is he actually like aware Mm. yeah i think i think uh, for me like somewhere in the back of my head it would have made sense if um if chuck had been like a normal person or somehow divine but not god at the beginning but he would have like become one during the show, you know, like, like cast it for a bit. I think for me, that would like have made more sense. Uh, I mean, judging by this Chuck and then comparing him to the later Chuck, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Hmm. Um, going along with the idea of does Chuck know does Chuck not know? Um, there's there's a moment where Dean says, why do I get the feeling there's something you're not telling us? Yeah. And if you just take it at face value and don't consider later seasons, Chuck doesn't have anything that he's not telling them. But if he knows he's God, oh, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, that also kind of like really goes together with uh, with Jimmy. You know how they think that Jimmy knows something, and Jimmy yes. probably subconsciously knows something, but he can't remember. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've talked a lot about Monster at the end of this book and not a lot about the rapture. <laughs> so let's go to the rapture. Let's do it. Can Chain I just say to a comet? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just have so much respect for Jimmy. Right? Right. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine if, like, Castiel lived inside of you with his gay little thoughts going on 24 <laughs> 7? <laughs> And he doesn't even know what, what, what these thoughts are, but like you know, you know, as a vessel, but you don't, you can't just, it will be horrible. But yeah, change to a, to a comet is nice imagery, especially when in later seasons, Cass does land somewhere. Do you remember that scene? I don't know. Oh, when. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he literally lands like a comet and makes yes. this huge hole or whatever it's called in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you seen that post about uh, Cass not wearing Jimmy's wedding ring? That little bitch. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it, and I haven't seen him not wearing it. I didn't, you know, like. I didn't connect the like dots. Like, he shows up. Okay, so presumably, he went and possessed Jimmy <laughs> and then immediately went to the barn in Lazarus Rising. And he doesn't have a wedding ring on. But Jimmy definitely has a wedding ring on. And it's just sort of like, like, I saw the post that I saw had this little this bit so of fan art added onto it. Where Cass just like looked at his hand and chopped off the finger. Um, I guess being Cass, he would probably like have melted the ring instead, just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little feral, you know, whatever. This is so insane, but at the same time, so Cass, he's like, I don't want to give off like the wrong impression to my future husband. I'm just. <laughs> This body's taken, but this heart isn't. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, bitch. I want to know how much time passes in these flashbacks. Because Lazarus Rising doesn't span over that much time. But these flashbacks makes it seem like it's been months. Or maybe yeah. I'm just reading it wrong. I don't know. Um, let's see. So uh, when when uh, what did we decide? Like when when uh, Cass dragged Dean out of hell? Was he he wasn't wasn't in a body yet, right? No, because otherwise he would have just shown up instead of right. doing the screeching. Uh, right. So he probably. I don't know. That's interesting. Right? Yeah. Because it's just, I, it's one of those plot holes I've got to poke. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it could have been like, I think it could have been like weeks from 
from him sticking that hand in the boiling water yeah, to getting would... possessed. But does that make sense? Because Cass would have been in hell. I mean, how much time does it take to like literally bring a guy up from hell? Like, it can't be that. You know, I'm joking. Um, yeah, would he have been in hell? Yes. Yeah, pro- you, you know what? That makes sense. So probably uh, when Cass and uh, Jimmy are having the conversation right before he gets possessed, there is Cass is probably fresh out of hell. And before that, there was a lot of silence because he was occupied rescuing Dean. Okay. And planning that, probably. So you think he... Okay. Okay. Or maybe... And maybe, like, did he... Why Why is he... Because he, he must have contacted Jimmy before he went to rescue Dean. So he was aware that he would need a body. Right? Yeah. I would think so. Right. That does make sense. Yeah. So at that point, it's interesting that Cass is just as desperate to possess Jimmy as Jimmy is desperate to be possessed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Um, we failed to mention in the uh, summary that Cass disappeared because he was dragged back to hell is the word that was used. Not hell, heaven. Hell. Um that's a same shit <laughs> important difference um and uh he anna who shows up um mm-hmm. says he must have seriously pissed somebody off um yeah. it's yeah especially when you consider things like season eight and naomi you kind of get a better idea of what's going on here. Yeah, originally before uh before I got to season eight and everybody was I, I was hearing everybody talking about Cass getting lobotomized, I thought this was the instance they were referring to, but then it got worse, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So especially when you uh, there's a point where uh Naomi even says like we have been doing this over and over and over and over again. And it's just sort of like, oh, so that's what happened in season four. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also I'm just like thinking, was it like now he who was, but or did like the orders come from higher up? Was Chuck or the sub- subconscious? Yeah. God inside Chuck, like involved with that. Um, because I don't know. Otherwise, how how would he would they have? Because like angels don't know what's gonna happen, right? So mm-hmm. technically, Naomi doesn't know what's gonna happen. The only people who know what's gonna happen are prophets and God, mm-hmm. who is like mm-hmm. kind of like main prophet. So if things didn't go according to plan. The only people who would have known about this and would have known about Castiel's involvement would have been Chuck, who was in the room, Dean, Sam, and Lilith, right? Yeah. And I'm not even sure that Lilith 
actually knew what's, what was going to happen because her entire proposition and her, her entire offer, uh, I mean, the way she words it, it's like, you know, it either it happens or it doesn't. Like, she's not sure that this is written. Yeah. Right? So he doesn't, she doesn't know that this is the fate, so to say. So uh, the only person who would have, uh, you know, called uh, said what what uh, that that uh, cast disobeyed is God. Have you ever seen the Almighty? And God is Chuck, and they are tied, and yeah, I just, I just hate that guy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, um, yeah. okay. Can we talk about hands? <laughs> Is it Friday? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, okay, like everyone has a thing with Misha in his hands, but Cass is his thing. He has a thing with hands. When he first inhabits Jimmy's body, the first thing he does is look at his hands. I think we have talked about this. And I, th- I mean, or I have messaged you about this, but uh, yes. I, I know that I don't know if I've said this on this podcast, but uh, there are people who can lucid dream. That means that when you're asleep, you become in your dream, you become aware that, that yeah. you can uh, make decisions and that you are in a dream. But you are become aware of this. But in the way lucid dreamers alert themselves uh, that they are dreaming uh, and kind of take, you know, um, their body back into themselves in the dream is that they look at their hands. Like that's that's a technique. If you if you want to develop your ability to dream lucidly, they will teach you that the first thing when you realize in a dream, you have to look at your hands. And that is such an interesting thing to that Cass does this a lot. He does that that in um, the man who would be king too, which like literally yep. starts yep. with a shot of him sitting there and looking at his hands. Uh, so yeah. basically, like looking at hands means like regaining control, and Cass is doing exactly that in when he yeah. first possesses. Jimmy's body, like he is regaining control. He is in a body. He's in a vessel. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes he does that when he tries to regain control and fails. Yeah. Yes. Just yes. like when in, and yeah. and his hands, as I keep talking about, are one of his most used tools for miracles and killing. Again, in this episode. <laughs> Yes. Again, in this episode, we see him smite, palm to the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very interesting that I I do like, I love Angel Blades. And I have to mention this, that the other day I read the posts, how they go against the, how do you say this? We call it. The Geneva Convention here. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Geneva? You know, there's, yeah, uh, because yeah, apparently uh, weapons that are triangular, uh, you can't use them because they leave a wound that can't be properly stitched and dressed, and they will would like 
most certainly kill you. So, so like, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can't use when there's war. You can't use objects that are triangular as weapons. It's forbidden. Oh. <laughs> but I guess cast ass. Uh, yeah, the point being that I love angel blades. Like they look cool. They and I, I love that they kind of are like extension of angel themselves. But I also yeah. feel like like hands as a weapon but also like a means to heal is like very yes. interesting because it again reinforces the idea that uh, the idea of choice like you have this mm-hmm. thing and it can do both so the point yeah. is like which one you choose to do with it yeah yeah um there are two moments where we cut to Dean's face in the rapture that just drives me insane um there the first one is when Jimmy and Amelia are saying goodbye and they're like kissing or hugging or something like that yes yes the second one is when Jimmy is shot yes I think, I think, um, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I kind of know what you think. <laughs> and I kind of think <laughs> the same thing. But um, also, like, the way Dean from start on is, like, on Jimmy's side. And he's like, yeah, he can, you know, like, he should return to his family. Like, he is, he is not logical about this. Like, Sam is being logical about this. He, Dean is being emotional about this. <laughs> Dean's being empathetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. And it's obviously, I mean, it's probably complicated for Dean. It's complicated for me as a viewer to, like, distinguish between Jimmy and Cass, even though they are very distinguishable. I'm I'm just saying that it's hard to see one person wear another person's face. Uh, And I think, yeah, that could, like, have thrown off Dean. I mean, it did throw off him. A couple of times yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then I have one last thing. I have one 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 shot I want to mention, but you go ahead and then I'll do it. Go yeah. I learned my lesson while I was away, Dean. I serve heaven. I don't serve man. And I certainly don't serve you. Uh, can I just go, I mean, this entire quote is insane because it, it imply, literally implies that they messed with his brain and that he got, like, punished yes. real well. But at the same time, the way this is delivered, absolutely detached. If you compare that to uh, when Dean prays to him and Cass. Uh, or even the beginning of the episode when he yeah. shows up in his dream. Yeah. Yeah, and the way Cass's, I mean, Cass's face is not as emotional as probably Jimmy's, but, like, he is still expressing a lot of emotion. But this Cass, at the end, he is just like a a robot, basically, just, like, punching out lines, and then he's done, you know? But another thing, um, just before he says that, because that, then what, what what you just quoted comes after Dean asks him, Cass, what did you want 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 to tell me in 
when yeah. you visit him in the dream right after uh, Casp is again in Jimmy's body. Uh, but the shot that absolutely made me go insane watching this right mm-hmm. after he goes right after Cas Cas possesses Jimmy and before that he was like on the floor losing blood and dying but then he gets Mm -hmm. up right Mm -hmm. and there is this shot we see him like walk and there is Amelia and for a moment it seems like he you know like Jimmy is not there but like the direction he's take walking in is like towards Amelia and but then he turns away and he walks to Dean and it's just so insane (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like you can literally like the direction he's walking is towards towards amelia and it's kind of like reminiscent of that you know like jimmy amelia thing but that he just turns towards dean i don't know it kind of it's kind of very it probably wasn't planned like everything on supernatural but it's (laughs) kind of very poetic i guess (laughs) Yeah, and Amelia is kind of also like walking towards him, then then past him and to Claire. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Good episodes, guys. All right. Oh uh, yeah. Another thing, uh, do you remember? Uh, uh, I think one of the most heartbreaking lines out of this uh, episode, I mean, the rapture, is uh, when Claire calls him daddy, and then Cass turns around and goes, I'm not your father. And I think, I don't really remember, but I think there was a parallel to that uh, in l- later seasons uh, when Cass and Claire reconnect. I'm sure of it, but I can't remember. But I think he he speaks the exact same words to him at some uh, to her at some point but i don't remember where do you I'm recall sure. okay. i don't know anyways people listening to this if you prob- if you know what i'm talking about please feel free <laughs> to let, us, let know us know what yeah. i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> Um, so next episode, we are finishing up season four, When the Levee Breaks and Lucifer Rising. I am not looking forward to that, seeing how I absolutely hate Lucifer as a character <laughs> and disclaimer. <laughs> like, you know that meme, I like, I have had enough of that guy. That's me uh-huh. <laughs> with Lucifer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Hella Radio. I'm Nora Rose. And I'm Sally. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Hella Radio. Theme music was provided by Kalua. And thank you so much to Josh for being our wonderful editor. Let me cry.